Welcome to the Aspen Chapel podcast with me, Nicholas Feasy. Well, this is the last in a series that I've been doing uh, in Lent. Uh, if you want to see the other ones uh, or listen to them, the podcasts are on our, our website and you can get a little red card at the back which shows you how, how to get the other ones. Next week, uh, we'll be beginning Holy Week and we'll next week have more of a meditation uh, with music and readings and visuals uh, called Our Cross to Bear and Susan Nicholson's going to be doing a fantastic music with that. And today I wanted to, to draw what we've been talking about together Uh, under the banner of to act or not to act. When do we decide to act and when do we stand back? That famous line from the Tao Te Ching, do your work, then step back. The only path to serenity. Ward was moved to go to Ukraine, Heinz to set up this donor channel, And, you know, as we're going towards Easter, there was Jesus on his way to Jerusalem, knowing he was going to die, going through all the mental trials from the spectacle of Palm Sunday, riding to Jerusalem on a donkey, to the agony of Gethsemane when he asked if that cup could be passed from him. And he said, not my will, but but thine. Uh, And then to the humiliation of the crucifixion. So Jesus was obviously able to get beyond his fear to go through some of the themes of the last few weeks. He was centered on himself. He was serving his community in coming forward. He was definitely committed to his relationship with his spiritual life, even to death. And he was at peace with what he was doing. Our decisions to act have to also go through those stages When you decide to act, you have to get beyond your fears. You have to know that this is an act of service, not some sort of ego trip. We have to act with commitment and be prepared to follow through to the end. And we have to be at peace with what we're up to. The sort of action I'm talking about is obviously not just the decision to act and go to the grocery store or make a cup of coffee. We're talking about responding to the circumstances of our lives, whatever they might be, out of love. Knowing that there's something to be done and knowing that we have to do it, as Ward was saying. He just knew he had to go. You can see that sort of commitment in the demonstrators in Russia. People willing to go out onto the streets, knowing that they're risking 15 years in prison. You can see it in Alexei Navalny, who, despite being poisoned, decided to return to Moscow, knowing he'd be arrested and in prison. He could quite easily have stayed in the West and been fated around the capitals of the world, but instead he decided to act and to return. The decision to act out of a commitment to others is the highest form of action. Which is why Jesus said, greater love hath no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. That's not about going to war. It's about giving up our future and all that we hold dear for the sake of others. Now, we don't always face such a test. 
And when we do, we don't always pass it. I know in my life there have been times when I could have acted differently, but either didn't see the choice or chose not to act. And yet, like all of us, I've had times when I've seen the opportunity to serve and made that decision to act. You know, coming here from England was that sort of a decision. The easier life would have been to stay. However, in the end, I was at peace in uprooting my family and coming here. And while I've been here, I've been faced with decisions related to me and my family and my job here at the chapel. And sometimes I've taken the decision to act and, and sometimes I've not. Whether those decisions are right or wrong, the decisions aren't really the things that matter because, as the Tao Te Ching says, you do your work, you make your decision, you go through it, then you step back and you, you're, you be with what you've done. That is the path to serenity. And these decisions, they're all mini-deaths of a future we think we might have, but we give those, that future up for the service of others. In the film, The Last Temptation of Christ, Jesus' last temptation was that he could live an ordinary life. He could marry. He could have children, get a job. But in the film, anyway, he chose death. And our whole life is, in fact, it's a preparation for death. Our whole life is a preparation for death. How will we face it, how we actually do face it, will depend on how well prepared we've been during our lives. I wonder how, how well prepared are we? Do, you, do we even think about what we might have to face? We have to prepare for it. You know, was Vladimir Zelensky prepared for what he is having to face right now? It would seem so. He was a comedian that ended up as the president he was portraying and yet, he's seeing it through with a courage and a commitment that only comes from preparation. Will Smith, however, was not prepared. He just reacted from an unprepared place. We see someone there acting without consideration from his ego. I'm sure he bitterly regrets it now that... When he was tested, he was found wanting. And it's, you know, it's so easily done. It happens to all of us. It's the reverse of acting from the highest moments, but acting from the basest. We all do it. Lashing out when we're cornered. Road rage. Even passing on gossip. At whatever level we're being called to act or not to act. And both are equally testing the acting or the not acting, of our state of being. I wonder how prepared we really are. It was Garchin Rinpoche, who actually spent some time in prison, who said, the extent of your realization or your enlightenment will be known when you encounter difficult circumstances. You will not know the extent of your realization when things go well, when you find yourself in a troublesome situation, when you're in great pain, when an intense emotion arises, only then will you know where you are 
and where you're at with your practice. And that is the nature of true preparation. We'll only know the extent of our realization at the time of trial. Only as we look back will we know how well we've been able to respond. There's a line in the Lord's Prayer, let us not be led into temptation, or some translations of it say, lead me not to the time of trial. So let us not be led into the time of trial, or let us not be led into temptation. That phrase is asking us, reminding us to be open to the will of the universal mind. What are we being called to do? Thy will be done, rather than forcing our agenda on my life. It is that decision, you know, are you going to let things happen or are you going to force your own agenda to come by? Again, it says in the Tao Te Ching, do you have the patience to wait till your mud settles and the water is clear? Can you remain unmoving till right action arises by itself. The master doesn't seek fulfillment. Not seeking, not expecting, she is present and can welcome all things. Prepared and can welcome all things. To have the courage to live the life that's set before us and cooperate with that universal mind or the ground of all being or God, whatever you like to call it, rather than our ego trying to control life. In the Buddhist, Buddhist Dharmapada, it says, do not turn away what is given to you. Do not reach out for what is given to others. Give thanks for what is given to you, however little. Why miss what you do not have? And that decision to act is a double-edged sword. To have the courage to act when it's not necessarily in your best interests. And also having the courage not to act when to do so would be to pour petrol onto a blazing fire. We cannot know how we will behave, but we can prepare for the eventuality of that trial the best we can. And when it does come, we hope we're at peace with what we do and can look back and learn from what we did. It may never come to us, but as we look around, we can see many examples of people to whom it did come. We have great examples of Gandhi and Nelson Mandela and other great leaders in the field. And all of us can think of examples where we and others have failed that test when it came to us. It's all about a rejection of the need to control, of giving up to that place, to that universal mind, and our ability to trust in the flow of life and our place within that. In fact, all we've been talking about during this time of Lent has been about preparing ourselves for our own time of trial, the building up of our hearts, the dealing with fear and other negative emotions, the commitment to our spiritual practice, the focus on service, the cultivation of peace within us. They're all part of preparing ourselves for a time of trial. And that's the purpose of Lent, to shape us to confront our own crucifixion and to see that if we 
do that, then the death that comes will lead to resurrection. Those mini deaths that we suffer in our lives. And resurrection being that we're able to move through the experience of death. Whatever it is, where, you know, whether it's a small thing or a big thing, when you're experiencing that mini-death, the resurrection is being able to move through that death and you know, wherever it comes from and actually respond with love rather than from our ego. And that gives us the opportunity of new life. Resurrection actually means to rise again. So our, our life moves forward. It's a kind of karma without past lives, but giving us a chance at new life by going through death and giving up our own interests for the interests of others. Remembering that lovely phrase, Julian of Norwich Plus, that it will be all right in the end, and if it's not all right, it's not the end. I often think how great it would be if you could change the ending of books and films, if Romeo and Juliet had lived happily ever after, or if Othello had re realized that Desdemona was not cheating on him, and it all came from Iago, if you watched Doc Chivago one more time, and you know, would Lara look round and see him running behind him in the tram, uh, or if Thelma Louise didn't go over the cliff, if the captain of the Titanic had seen the iceberg in time and averted disaster. In fact, in fact, last weekend, I watched the 1934 version of The Count of Monte Cristo with Robert Donat. And in the end of that, he ends up with Mercedes uh, rather than anything else. So the, the, you can actually change the endings. We're all part of the process of transforming the sad endings of death into the resurrection of life in our own lives. And that's the promise of Jesus. And the way to do that resurrection is through the narrow gate of responding to the present moment. We have to see our life as a process of preparation for a moment that may never come. But if it does, we've prepared ourselves for it. How those moments arrive will be different for each one of us. It could be that moment on the road, that temptation to rush to anger. It could be how we respond to a diagnosis or being betrayed by people that are close to us or losing our money. It could be around our children. It could be around our work. It might be when we have to stand up for something that no one else is standing up for or not to lash out when we're attacked. The key thing is, is to be prepared for it. Because, you know, when the moment arises you will not be able to think about it. It will be a moment of pure being when you are out of control. Will Smith was out of control. I'm sure if he thought about it, he wouldn't have done it. Vladimir Zelensky was out of control as the Russians rolled across the borders, yet he was able to respond appropriately. Both were tested and, and one was found wanting. And when it comes to us, we'll probably not be able to think about it either. But we can think about it now and put the preparations in place so that when we're asked to act, we can do it without thinking. We're lucky that we're at a time of leisure and we can put our affairs in order, pun intended. We have the time to prepare our hearts and minds because right now, we're probably not necessarily at the time of trial. Some of us might be, but 
if we can if we can do it we should still prepare and make those preparations those living in and around ukraine have no such luxury they are moving from pillar to post trying to find a place of safety safety that's what the word salvation literally means it means a place of safety every moment they'll be confronted with life and death situations you know can i get out could i help this person should i help this person what should i do next who can i trust and there are people all over the world who do not have the luxury that we're blessed with and if you want to know what to do with that luxury then the answer is i would say to prepare prepare for when your life asks of you either something that you might be unwilling to give or something that you should not be giving to know the difference between what you're being asked to give that you're unwilling to give and uh that you are giving that you shouldn't be giving to know the difference is to be prepared and if you think you can escape escape this escape this you can't because as i said many times before life ends badly for all of us the only question is how we will face it when it comes on a smaller level every moment every moment on a smaller level calls for equal awareness every little decision we make every action we choose or choose not to perform is on the same level as those big decisions the decision to talk to someone or not the decision to smile or not to give or not to pass on gossip or not to go the extra mile for a friend or not we know we may not all be called to go to ukraine but there is another version of the ukraine around the corner and how we respond to that when it comes will depend on how we prepared ourselves for that moment when it does come thanks for listening if you feel moved to make a donation to the chapel please go to aspenchapel.org thank you and if you'd like to receive these podcasts regularly subscribe to the aspen chapel through apple google play youtube or any other outlet